where the Upper Cumberland talks. Inside the Stacks with Katherine Weisinger of the Putnam County Library. Check it out. News Talk 94.1. Hi, this is Katherine Weisinger, director of the Putnam County Library and host of Check It Out, the show about stories that start at the library. Today, I have a very special guest on the show, Hannah Willis. Hannah has been completely blind since she was a teenager, and she's going to talk today about her journey, losing her vision, but how it has not kept her from reading. Hannah, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to have you and talk to you about all this, but before we dive into your journey and your reading, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so as you said, my name is Hannah. Uh, I work at Tennessee Tech University in the iCube, which is a grant-funded office uh, and almost an extension of the College of Business. I am a single mother, and I'm also working on my PhD in exceptional learning at Tech. Wow, that's a lot. You're doing a lot. That is very (laughs) impressive. So tell me first, let's start with how and when you lost your sight. Yeah, I lost my sight when I was 14 years old. Uh, It was in January of uh, my eighth grade year. Uh, The doctors found a brain tumor, and a couple of brain surgeries later, I ended up losing my sight over a couple of months. Okay, so it was not immediate, but that's still pretty quick. Yeah, Uh, well, I will say I was on a lot of medication after all the surgeries, and so my vision was already declining, but I could still see. And so over months, it was almost like curtains closing, and I eventually it went completely completely black. Oh, okay. So even before the surgeries began is what you're saying, like you were starting to lose your vision? Yes. I was having some visual blackouts. And so like vision would just go away. I was still conscious, but I couldn't see anything. And so that was the the kicker that went, got me to go to a doctor and see what was going on. Okay. I gotcha. So for many people, losing their vision is a very scary thought, yet you somehow navigate the world as well as an excited person I know. What was the journey like, though? It had to be difficult. And you're in eighth grade, you're a teenager, losing your sight like that. And also, you were, you were really sick. I think, honestly, I didn't, I didn't see any difference between sighted Hannah and blind Hannah. So when I had to adapt, most of it was very instinctual, very natural. And it wasn't the environment I had to, to overcome. It was people. So my family and my yeah. friends started treating me a little differently. And I was so baffled. I was like, what? Nothing has changed. I'm still Hannah. So there was a big learning curve for not just me, but everyone around me. So uh, I'd have to tell them, no, I could do this. And no, you did not have to baby me. And I think that was the biggest part of going blind was just adapting not only to my new life, but getting other people on board with it as well. Right. Okay. I didn't even think about that, but I guess, were they trying to do things for you? Oh, absolutely. I still, people love to, to baby me, open things, put straws in my drinks. And although that's sweet, I did that for my child when she was three, not as an adult. (laughs) So it's a little different now. I'm sure they had their heart in the right place and they were coming from a place of support. Yes. But it was something you didn't necessarily need? No, absolutely not. Um, I know a lot of times uh, they like for me to sit somewhere and stay there. So, Oh my goodness, <laughs> yes. I almost laughed out loud. <laughs> oh, sit and stay. Yes. Huh? So it, it was, again, they didn't understand that it was still safe to walk around yes. and especially getting a cane and other safety techniques, it, it's fine. Did you have help, some type of therapy, learning how to use the cane and learning these things 
from when you were blind? Yeah. So I know it was at the end of eighth grade year. And over the summer, I actually had a mobility instructor. So in the blind community, they call it O&M, Orientation and Mobility. And uh, so I had an O&M instructor come out and we just practiced roots at the high school because it's a pretty big high school. It's enormous. Yeah, it's huge. So I had to practice where the cafeteria was and where classrooms might be. And it's all about practice, learning some techniques of how to hold the cane, how to safely navigate, but it's also just practice repetition of where you're going and what you're looking for. Okay. How long did that take? I mean, you mentioned the summer, but was it just that just a couple of months or did you practice for much longer? Yeah, it's almost immersive. So I ended up going freshman year to the blind school. So Tennessee school for the blind and they have their own O&M instructors and they would take us out for lessons uh, periodically throughout the year, but it wasn't a set schedule. So it wasn't a class or anything like that. So a lot of it you learn for by doing. And so you navigate, practice the walking around on the campus and just practicing your daily living skills with your cane. So it's immersive. Okay. So the very first year, your school year, you didn't go to Cookville high school. Yes. I I ended up going to the blind camp over the summer and I fell in love with it. I loved that I was normal and I was perceived as, as normal. So I wanted to go somewhere where I fit in the best and where there was a lot of resources. And I thought TSB would give me that the best shot. That is really wonderful. And I didn't know there was a blind camp. It just a summer camp? Yeah, just a summer camp. It was two weeks. Uh, for They do it throughout the summer for different grades and ages. And I stayed for two weeks and loved every minute of it. Oh, I bet. And again, just being around other people and not being babies by your parents yeah. or loved ones was probably a huge like benefit for you at that time. That is super awesome. Well, we'll be back on Check It Out to talk with Hannah more about her journey being blind. We're back on Check It Out, the show about stories that start at the library. I'm talking to Hannah Willis and discussing her kind of journey, losing her vision, and really the fact that it hasn't stopped her from doing anything, but particularly reading. I met Hannah in a college class and Hannah, it it was so much reading. Oh, so much. (laughs) It was all we did. We had assignments that involved reading and writing every single, every week. Mm -hmm. And I remember being very impressed with the fact that you just had no issues and saw some of the things that you use, some of the technology. So I wondered if you would talk about the different types of assistive technology you rely on like the most, just not necessarily in college class, but on a daily basis. Yeah. So Apple devices are my big go-to. My iPhone and my iPad are the biggest help. Uh, In classes, I use my laptop with a screen reader called JAWS. So I can navigate the screen using key commands and it reads everything on the screen. So that's how I can navigate websites or my textbooks. Oh, yeah. textbooks. <laughs> <laughs> and that helps you read the screen. And how do you know where things are on the screen, for lack of better words? Like, how do you find things? Yeah. So I think it, most of it's just your key commands. Uh, you need to start with your number pad, your home. You can go home to the the first of the line, you can navigate by reading the whole document or slow it down to go word by word or paragraph by paragraph. Depending on what you're looking for, that'll, that'll tell you what kind of key commands you need to use. Okay. Because I, exactly, I'm thinking when I sometimes get to a web page, it's pages mm-hmm. long and I have to scroll down a lot. And so for you, that is a, 
maybe a different story. You have to listen. Yes. And uh, well, th- with that, I try to skip most of it by going by headings or I'm looking for specific tables and all of that could be uh, key commands that right. I can jump through the page. Have new advances in technology made things easier or more complicated or a little bit of both? I would lean more to it's made things so much easier, but realistically, for some, it has made things more complicated. So with technology, I don't know how I did things before like a a decade or so ago, because I've been blind since I was 14. So I did things right at the peak of technology. So I did some with it and some without. Mm -hmm. And I even had cassettes and uh, books on those things. So it's a little bit of both. But I think with a lot of the technology these days, oh, it's made things so much easier. There is a learning curve and having technology or digital, excuse me, digital literacy to understand exactly how to use it. And that might be difficult, but for the most part, so much easier. We teach and work on digital literacy at the library and it is super complicated. It's why I asked the question, because technology, of course, is very assistive and helpful and supportive, but it can also be super complex. And if you don't know what you're doing, very frustrating. Absolutely. What about Braille? Did you learn to read in Braille? I did. Um, I'm not the best at it. Uh, when I first went blind, the vision teacher for Putnam County, I worked closely with her and I learned most of all the ABCs. And then when I went to the blind school, I didn't have just a set class for Braille. Just like mobility, uh, it was more immersive. So the first year, I went uh, twice a week, about 30 minutes, and learned the rest of my ABCs. And within English Braille, there are two types. You have first grade and second grade. So first grade is everything is spelled out. Second grade is contracted Braille. So where if we have a word, um, the alphabet A is A, B is B, unless it's alone, and then it's but. And if I put a dot in front of it, it might be something different. And it in second grade, it's more contracted, almost like a shorthand. So you can read a lot faster, but it's also a lot more complicated. Okay. Well, complicated being the keyword in this. We have some Braille books at the library, and I've gotten them out before, and it is just so, I don't even know how to explain how it feels to put my finger on the pages and try and make sense of anything. Was it difficult to learn as a teen, like as a teenager? I I also struggled reading uh, as a sighted person. So learning another form of reading and writing was just another level of challenge. But yes, I found learning Braille to be particularly challenging. Um, I know I remember a lot of times I put extra lotion just constantly on my hands trying to make them more sensitive so I could fill the dots. And I tend to scratch the dots so I can count them. And that is a big no-no in the, the Braille world. So learning it was definitely difficult. But with practice and being more immersive, it is possible. I'll also say that there are different kinds of Braille. So within English, you have English Braille. But with math classes, there is a different type of Braille. Wait, like a whole different alphabet? Kind of, yes. It's called Nemeth Braille. And so with all the same characters, if you put a certain symbol in front of it, it changes the whole meaning. So I'm still writing using the same letters, but with that one character, I know it's all numbers. And so that could get confusing. And then uh, I was also in high school, so I had to take Spanish class. And (laughs) learning English and Braille was already hard. And then looking at the Spanish words, what I thought was a G was something totally different in Spanish. It was actually like an ER. And the and we had band and music math. It was very complicated. So depending on what kind of Braille you're looking at, it's a whole new world. 
Yes, it's complicated for me just listening to all the different things you had to learn. Oh my goodness. Well, we'll be right back on Check It Out. Hi, this is Katherine Weisinger, director of the Putnam County Library and host of Check It Out, the show about stories that start at the library. Today, I'm talking to Hannah Willis, and she has been completely blind since she was 14, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're talking about her journey, losing her vision, and then being so successful in a predominantly sighted world. And we have been talking about Braille. And you've told me about reading in Braille and how it was difficult for you to learn. So I'm really interested to know what your very first book was that you read completely in Braille. Uh, from cover to cover, my the very first one was One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. By oh my Dr. goodness, Seasel. that's a great one. <laughs> yes, it had tactile pictures. It was something comforting, something I knew from childhood, and I loved it. So I read all the Dr. Seuss to not only feel comfortable, but build confidence that I was. I knew the book before, but reading it in Braille was a whole new experience. Yes, and you said the words tactile pictures. Yes. Explain that. So a lot of the pictures, on some of the books uh, will have print, braille, and then the pictures will be raised. So it might have tactile things uh, like velvet or dots, uh, or they'll just have the outline of the picture in the actual book itself. Oh, that's really neat. How different is reading in braille than traditional reading? I am a slow braille reader, but I have a lot of friends who have read braille since birth, and they actually read faster than print readers. That is insane. How do they do that? Again, I think earlier I mentioned getting my hands more sensitive. Their hands are very sensitive, and it's a light touch. You can't push down too hard on Braille. Uh, the cells or scratch at them, it is seamless. You track with one hand and read with the other, and you just read. We have a lot of people who use the library that have a range of vision impairments. Not all of them are completely blind, but a lot of them have vision issues or can't see as well as as they could. Um, and we offer books in Braille and audiobooks, but there's a national library specifically for the blind. What is the name of that library? Yeah, it's the NLS, the National Library Services for the Blind and Print Disabled. Okay. So that is a, it's part of the Library for Congress. Yes, yes. And so it's a, it's a free library as long as you qualify with a specific disability. And it has thousands of audiobooks, ebooks. Uh, you can have subscriptions to magazines and even get music. Okay. So I was going to ask you how you get access to it, but it seems like you have to apply. Yeah, you can go to their website. It's an easy application, very accessible. You do have to have some type of documentation proving that you do have a disability that meets their qualifications. But other than that, super easy. It's free and it's a wonderful resource. I know you have the BARD app that is part of the NLS. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't have a smart device, they'll send you some type of digital player or even a cassette player. And you can go through their catalog, pick books, they'll mail them to you. Or you can get on a computer, download them to a flash drive or some other cartridge and the digital player will play your books for you. Do you have any other resources you can share that are important or helpful for those that are site challenged? I know there are a lot of resources out there. Um, with the NLS, they have other schools that are specifically for the blind, and you okay. can do those later on in life. Uh, a quick Google search will show you so many, but you can learn Braille skills as well as daily living skills and pretty much anything you could think of. There have, they have free classes out there for that. What are some things you wish sighted people 
like me, knew about being blind or advice you could give people who can see to help people who cannot? Yeah, I. this is a really good question and a very complicated one. Yeah. I could talk about it all day. I think three good advice tips would be take no as an answer. Like no means no, mm-hmm. and that's okay. A lot of times people will offer assistance when I, was, I didn't need any assistance. And so if I say no, it's very offensive, or they don't accept that no and just insert yourself more. And again, no means no. Sometimes it's wonderful to help, and sometimes I need help. But if I say no, no means no. Yeah. Uh, next would be common courtesy. A lot of times I'm not afforded the same courtesies as other people. Um, working with the public school system with my daughter, I'll go in to do some paperwork to, to sign something because they don't, everything is print, it's not digital. Mm-hmm. And so they'll help me with the forms, but that's where microaggressions come into play. They'll say, uh, what's your cell phone number? I'll give it to them. Like, what's your email address? I'll give it to them. I'm like, oh, we'll skip work because you can't work. Uh, what's your oh, address? No. Yes. And so I'm like, just breathe. I do. I can work. Here's my work number. Smile through it. But it's those little things constantly. I know during that same interaction, they asked, um, at the end of it, we'll need a parent signature do you know what a signature is? Oh, like, goodness gracious. Yeah, yeah, I do know what a signature is. So it's those same courtesies of, would you ask another parent if they knew what a signature was or assume they couldn't work? We want to make sure that we're on the same playing field as everyone else. Same courtesies. And then lastly, I would say, raise your expectations. Raise the bar a little higher. I know a lot of times people get very inspired when I go to Starbucks to get a coffee every day. And it's not really inspiring. That's mundane. That's every day. Everybody's doing it. If I'm walking to class, they're so odd. But there should be odd about everybody walking to class because each of us have different struggles. You just you can see mine very clearly. So I want to make sure we raise the bar a little more. Expect me to do really good things, not get iced coffee. That's not crazy. Well, that's really good advice. I always like to finish with a book recommendation, and we're going to wrap it up with your favorite book starring a blind person or that gives a good perspective of being blind. Yeah. So I actually just finished a Netflix series called All the Light You Cannot See. Have you seen it? Yes. It is so good. And I didn't realize it was a book. So I recently downloaded it and it is amazing. It's fabulous. It does a good portrayal of somebody who is blind. And then it's just a wonderful read on top of it. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Hannah. Listeners, thank you. And check out your local library and start your own story too.